The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 39. And today we're going to start, we'll be at least in this two days, as we talk about uh, probably one of the more preached sections of the life of Joseph. Um, and one of this is when we get to the temptation of where he was tempted by Potiphar, Potiphar's wife to sin. And uh, it's preached a lot to teenagers, rightfully so, to adults. It is a very important part of the story because it shows the character of Joseph in a very uncomfortable and dangerous setting. So uh, it's a great truth. Now, I want to encourage us on this. I've mentioned this even Sunday when I was preaching. Oh, and by the way, I did forget to mention this, that we are currently uploading Sunday morning and Sunday night service to YouTube. So if you did want to watch them later today, they'll both be available to you. But some, one of the things I mentioned Sunday is what you can do when you come. We preached Sunday night in Revelation 2 and where God told the church, you know, I have someone against thee because thou lost thy, or left thy first love. And what it's easy to do is easy to kind of beat people up with things like that. At least I've heard some people do that. And our desire, we need to point it out. It needs to be honest. We need to realize that God has stated, Jesus stated, this has happened. And if you don't get this right, he said, you're going to lose your candlestick. You can have church, but you won't have God. You can meet, but you won't have the Holy Spirit. There's a list of things that without, you know, that if we're not willing to get these things right. So I, I think we have to understand the severity of the truth. But then to be beat up and guilted into it, I think what we need to recognize, he says, listen, recognize where you were, where you lost it, and repent. It was a simple truth. When we come to temptation, all of us struggle with temptation. The Bible tells us there is no temptation taking you, but what is common to man. All of us struggle with temptation. Recognizing it is a more important part, but not only that, recognizing Okay, this temptation's real. How can I deal with it? How can I overcome it? Because temptation's normal. Um, the Bible says, and I think it's in 1 John, where it says, all, um, every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed by my own desires. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Here's why I quote that. All men is tempted when he's drawn away by or of his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. Temptation itself is not sin. Temptation is a realization I'm human and that I have certain desires or whatever. My flesh is still very strong, very real. Temptation itself is not sin. It's when I allow the temptation to turn into an act or a decision. So what we're going to see here is some steps. And we're going to look today and tomorrow, and I don't know, maybe the next day, but look at some principles from this section of Scripture that we learn from Joseph and that we can learn in helping us to overcome temptation. And I hope, I hope you understand. I remember when I was in high school, I was convinced that when I grew up and got more mature and became an adult and got married and all of this, that the temptations of my life would go away. I've learned a couple of things. One, some of them have gotten worse, harder, because I've gotten older. Two, they've changed. As I've matured, they've changed. Um, temptation's part of recognizing the frailty of my life. It helps me to remember that I need Jesus and I cannot live this life on my own. I cannot have victory in my Christian life on my own. It's not a good thing, but it's part of life. So what do we do about it? One, please understand, you do not have to yield to temptation. You do, it's not just part of life, I've got to do it. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have victory. So let's read the passage in Genesis 39, starting in verse 7. It says, And it came to pass after these things that his master, Joseph's master's wife, cast her eye upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in, my, in the house. 
and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, most people, rightfully so, run to that last phrase. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And uh, it's very important. It's one of the cores to understanding temptation. I'm going to get there in a minute because I, I'm going to build up to this because I think as I've been looking at this and studying it, I think there's an interesting point to what I want to bring into this as we walk through some things to recognize in the area of helping us to overcome temptation. So some of what we're going to look at in the next couple of minutes are what I call some practical everyday truths that we see Joseph do that are obviously scriptural that will give us grace to understand and overcome temptation. I grew up with this idea because the Bible says in First John or in, in Psalm 119. Um, and word if I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Two verses earlier, wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So it's important that I have the word of God in me to give me a recognition of temptation and of sin. The closer I am to God, the more I walk in the word of God, the more I read the word of God, the more I'm able to recognize right from wrong and his strength and his grace and all of the different things that come with it. So it's important to understand and read scripture. But I had this idea, and I don't know if I was taught it wrongly or I had this thing, that if I memorized scripture, I just would not struggle with temptation. That was a thought. And so I did. You know, it was, I was always in youth group and the membership, you know, scripture memory that was relatively easy for me growing up. And, and so I would do that, and I just thought, but it didn't eliminate it. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll quote the scripture. And sometimes that was helpful, but it didn't always help it either. And it goes back to the first verse, where can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. Just having the knowledge of scripture in my head does not eliminate temptation and does not stop me from sinning. I must abide by scripture. So what we're looking at is an example that Joseph put out. And he stated some things in these verses that are important for us as we strive not to be driven and controlled by our temptations. So let's go to verse number seven. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. First of all, I think a couple things to see in verse seven. Number one is that um, Joseph wasn't seeking out the temptation. Joseph wasn't looking and flirting and trying to do something to get Potiphar's wife's temptation uh, or attention. The temptation came to him. He was doing right. He was living right. He, we just talked about the fact that he'd been prospered, that God had blessed him, that he'd been recognized by Potiphar, that God's hand was upon him. And so temptation, he didn't go seeking it out. It sought him out. And sometimes we seek it out. Sometimes it seeks us out. It's what Satan wants to do. He's like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And when he finds out what, we can, what devours us, he puts it in front of us. A lot of times we just put ourselves in front of it. We're alone. We think we can get away with it. Bam. We put it in front of us. Our laziness and our flesh being in control. So first of all, I wasn't looking for him. But two, can I tell you, temptation is part of every person's life. Anybody who says, I no longer struggle with temptation is lying and probably involved in pretty rough sin. There is a thinking out there that, and it goes back to the cross. I've heard it said, it goes back to where when Jesus died on the cross, and there's the truth to this comment. The comment was that when he died on the cross, he forgave all sins, past, present, and future. And that's a very, very true statement. But what they do is they say, since Jesus already forgave all my sins, then there's no need to confess my sin anymore. So there's either one or two things. I don't really sin, 
anymore because Jesus paid for it at the cross. Or he already forgave it, so sinning today is not a big deal. And literally, I've heard people preach this. I mean, talking people, conservative Christian preachers preaching things like this. It's not right. It's not biblical. You say, why would you say it's not biblical? Why would then Jesus tell John in the book of 1 John, not one, to tell, the, tell people, who, uh, whoever says he has no sin, he deceives himself and the truth is not in him. If we confess our sin, he doesn't say if we sin, he says we are going to have sin. And if we confess our sin, we're right with God. And if we claim we have no sin, we're wrong. We make him a liar, we make ourselves a liar. You can't have that and go back and say God forgave. God forgave us from the consequence of our sin and that is heaven and hell. When we're saved, we are righteously, in the eyes of God, positionally righteous and free from sin. It's the only way we can get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. Practically, we're sinners. Practically, every day we struggle. We need to get these things right. Or else, why would he put 1 John 1, 9 and things like it in the New Testament? Why would he talk in the Sermon of the Mount and say, the Old Testament says don't commit adultery, but I say if you look at a woman to lust after her. Um, why would he bring those things up? Because it's part of what we deal with. It is a struggle, and we need to recognize this. You can't overcome something unless you recognize it to be a battle. Temptation comes. It doesn't come always. It's not always something I'm seeking out, but it is real. He said in verse 8, he said he refused. So immediately he saw what's going on, and he just immediately said no. Uh, Rand Hummel, a friend of mine, preached. I think he preached here, and he made a comment. I can't remember if it was here or somewhere else, but he made a very great point when he talked about one of the greatest tools in overcoming temptation. And he called it the he simply said it the first five seconds. Temptation, you know, um, it starts in the mind. So the mind comes in, and, and I begin to think about something. When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. So I'm drawn away by my own lust. I have an interest. I have a temptation. It comes. For practically speaking, those five seconds, the moment the thought comes to my mind, those five seconds will decide whether I will do or not do. And if I can choose in those five seconds to say, no, I have victory, he immediately refused. Now, here's some things he stated to say why the refusal was so important. He said unto his master's wife, behold, my master, your husband, wadeth not what was he doesn't know all that is in the house with me. He's committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because of how, because thou art his wife. A couple of thoughts. One, I have great responsibility, and with the great privileges and responsibilities, I have to be careful in the decisions I make. Parents, we have a great responsibility to make decisions that are viewed wisely because our, our family, our friends, and others see it. Christians, we're not perfect. Please don't understand that, but we need to be realistic with the fact that the world's watching. Satan's trying to trip us up, that when we witness, hey, we make mistakes, acknowledge it, apologize. Don't ever act like we don't do it because I think the world sometimes think, well, they never make a mistake or they think they don't. We know that's not true. We must be willing to be real about this. So we understand the responsibility. Can we also understand the danger? He's thinking, I could lose all of this. this. The master gave it to me, and I could lose all of this by making this decision. Every privilege I've been given, everything that I've been able to earn through my work and, and integrity and all this. And there's one more thing in a second we'll talk about. I'm not missing it. But all of this would be lost. Here's a simple principle. One of the greatest ways to overcome temptation is to realize, number one, when you sin, it never affects just you. There is not a sin out that only affects you. We believe it. Satan convinces no one's going to know. It doesn't affect me. I promise you, every sin, and I could walk through them all, but I won't. I could walk through a list of them, shall I say, but I won't. Every sin affects more than just you.
every decision we make. We have to understand that. But two, then we understand the damage that's done. So if but I realize it affects more than just me, how does this sin affect my family, my marriage, my children, my ministry, my testimony, uh, the testimony of Jesus, all these things. And if I recognize this to be a fact and I, and I can acknowledge this, I look and say, man, if I do this, how much damage is going to be done? And Joseph said, listen, I've been given so much. I'm not going to lose this. Because. But then he says something, the one that everybody runs to, and it's a very, very powerful truth. He says at the end of, of verse 9, how can, then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He acknowledged that the ultimate sin was not against just family, or just her, or just Potiphar, or just in the fact of losing something. It wasn't. He acknowledged that the ultimate wrong was against God. And let me tell you why, what I'm, why I waited to come to this point. I believe that as he named all the things he had, he realized he was in the position he was in because God gave it to him. God had blessed him. God had blessed his work in the field. God had blessed his work in the house. God had made Potiphar to recognize this. God had put his hand of blessing and made him prosper. And the position he was now in was not simply because he was good or right or, or because of Potiphar. He was here because God put him here. And so he didn't just say, how can I, I'm going to lose everything or how can I do this and sin against God? He said, listen, God has blessed me so greatly. How could I be so selfish to ignore all that I have been given by God and, and ignore his great blessing and just sin against him? Not only to go against God, but all of his blessing and all these different things. I mean, I love God. I want to do right and look at all he's blessed. How could I be so foolish to not realize how, what this really is? And that's a great way for us to look at it. God has blessed my, with me with a great family. Why would I not do this? God has blessed me with the great influence in others. Why would I mess it up? God has blessed me with health. God has blessed me with life. And we could all name the thing God blesses with and how good God's been to us. And, and, but then again, God is holy and I love God. And you put those two together. There's a great ability to be able to say no if I recognize who we're really sinning against, how damaging it can be. And really, it's not necessary. And that's a great truth. Now, we're just kind of getting started in this. We'll break this down a little further. There's a couple thoughts here. And so tomorrow, next time, we'll pick up and we'll dig a little deeper into this and, and a little more how it goes further and how temptation works even more as we look into the next couple of verses. So thank you for taking time to join us today on this Tuesday edition of our podcast. And we're glad you're with us. And we hope you come back tomorrow and join us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you as we continue this current discussion. Thanks for joining us today.